Did you know that businesses who have prioritized building community and who have built strong communities in and around their business grow their revenue two and a half times faster than businesses that have not built a community? Or that clients who feel connected to a business have a 306% higher lifetime value than those who don't? Now, for those of you who don't know what a lifetime value is, that's the amount of money that a client will spend on a business over the course of their lifetime. Just to give you a little more detail, that takes into account their purchasing frequency or the amount that they spend per transaction or the length of their relationship with your business. But a higher lifetime value means they are more likely to spend money over time with a business. With your business, back to that stat of 306% higher lifetime value if they feel connected to a business. But guess how they feel the most connected to a business? Through a community. And that's why community is growing a business's revenue two and a half times faster than businesses that have not invested in community building. So creating a community is important, but it's not just about growing revenue. It it can't be about that. And we're going to dive into that today. Building a community is about building a network of individuals who share common values, who share common goals, who are invested in the success of your business. So a strong community does more than give you money. A strong community provides valuable feedback, support, brand advocacy, insights that can help you improve your services over time. It can overall help you make stronger, better business decisions. So whether you're just starting out in business or you have an established business, building a community should really be a top priority. And if you're new to me, you're going to hear me say that. I mean, the name of this podcast is called Back to Community. And so those of you who have known me a long time also know this is not shocking that I've recently rebranded my podcast to Back to Community because I will go to the map for this that building a community must be a top priority in business. In this episode, we're going to talk about what a community really is, what a community is not, because oftentimes we're actually operating from the wrong definition of community. We're going to talk about the foundations, not just foundations for a community, but for a strong one. We're also going to talk about how community has changed and how the definition of community has changed. We're going to talk about strategies for attracting the right community members and for engaging them so that you retain them. And we're going to talk about turning your community into clients, into brand advocates, into opportunities for your business. I'm really excited because I know through personal experience that community is everything. Community is the gateway to dot, dot, dot. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Back to Community. Success is about more than what you know or who you know. It is all about the quality of connections that you have with others. If you're ready to transform your business, elevate your influence, and fuel your financial success, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Rita Goodrow, a community building expert, business strategist, and speaker who's dedicated to helping individuals, teams, and organizations build stronger connections in an increasingly disconnected world so that they unlock success and fulfillment. And for business, that translates into more creativity, more risk-taking, innovation, and increased profits. Join me weekly to discover actionable strategies 
inspiring stories, and transformative insights that will help you connect deeply with your audience, your clients, and your network. Because you see, when you turn those connections into a loyal and trusting community, you will see your business grow like never before. It is time for a connection revolution because success is inevitable when you focus on building community. So let's get back to it. If you are new to me, Rita Goodrow, there's one important thing that you really need to know. And that is all my life until age seven, so long, long period of my life, I was sure that I was going to be a solid gold dancer. I mean, I knew it. I was going to be a solid gold dancer performing my way to success and fame until the show was canceled. And so there was no more solid gold. So I followed the path after that was closed to me that everyone had laid out for me, which was to be a lawyer. Everyone said I was going to be a lawyer. So I followed that path, became a lawyer, became a business and real estate attorney. And while I was working as a business and real estate attorney, at the same time, I started a meetup group in the Washington, D.C. area called Singles in the Suburbs. And I've talked about this before, and we'll go into this in detail in future episodes. But this community grew to be one of the top three singles groups in the D.C. area for a couple of years in a row. It was rated the number one place to meet people in the D.C. area. It grew to over 5,000 people in its heyday. I mean, I'm not single anymore. The, The group is still there, I will say. It's not as active. We have like one or two assistant organizers who throw some things up. But in the heyday, in the heyday, it had like over 30 events a month. It had over 5,000 members. It had like 12 assistant organizers. It was just a very thriving community. And through a very long story, and you can go all the way back to episode one and hear that, I ended up leaving the law to become a dating coach. And the reason that my date coaching practice built so quickly. I mean, I surpassed my lawyer salary in only a few months when I began my date coaching practice. But the reason that I was able to do that was because I had been running this community, Singles in the Suburbs, unintentionally for a business, right? I didn't know it. That's not why I started it. I started it because I was single and I wanted to meet other single people. And my best friends I met in this group, I did meet someone, like I dated them for a while. Like it's a whole thing. But like I started it for the purpose of I wanted to meet and and create a community of singles who were living in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. So that was the reason. But the byproduct of that community was that when I made the decision to leave the law and become a dating coach, I had already established a community of people who knew me, who liked me, who trusted me. They trusted me because I had already provided impactful and life-changing opportunities and situations and things through the singles group. They also had followed me on kind of my journey that led me to being a dating coach, which involved a blog and a whole experience about dating and sharing all of my information there. So when you put it all together, like I had a community of people who already knew me, liked me, trusted me, saw me as a credible expert and authority when it came to singles, not just from running the events, but because I ran that group. Media had started coming to me and started asking for quotes and my feedback around all things related to being single, especially in the suburbs of D.C. And my community watched all of this happen. So personally, they knew me. They liked me. They trusted me. They trusted me on a professional level because of the way that I had run that community and built that space for them. They saw 
that I was growing into kind of a even bigger credible expert when it came to things dating through my blog, through being in the media. And so when I made the announcement that I was leaving the law to become a dating coach, I mean, they had been along for that ride. And so they were ready to become clients. I mean, it was because some of them wanted to become clients <laughs> that I ended up leaving the law and, and going into date coaching fully. And so it is 100% what made my transition from my full-time job to being an entrepreneur so easy. I mean, it wasn't simple. Running a business is not simple, but it felt easy. And so when I transitioned again, right, because through the natural course of events, people started asking me as I built my date coaching business, people started asking me how. How had you built this date coaching business so quickly and why is it working so well? And so by the end of the first year of date coaching, I transitioned full time into business coaching. And before I even transitioned full time, I knew community was going to be a valuable part of my business. And I started a community back in the day. It was called Women's Business Garden. And now it's called the All in Entrepreneur. And you're going to hear about it later in this episode. And it's going to morph. Not, it's not going to morph, but something else exciting is coming and you're going to hear all about it. Anyway, I started that community because I knew. I knew that it was going to be a valuable part of my business. But the reason for building that community was not for my business. I knew it was going to be just like the singles group, a byproduct. The reason for starting it had to be bigger than my business. And it was. It was to, at the time, Women's Business Garden. It was to connect other women entrepreneurs who were starting or growing their business so that they could collaborate and share ideas and resources and come together. You know, entrepreneurship wasn't new, but it was booming in a way it hadn't before. And the online space was definitely kind of new and booming in a way that it hadn't before. And a lot of people were transitioning their businesses to digital growth or, or a variety of things. But I started that community because I needed that community. I'd only been running my own business for a year. And I knew how important all the connections I had made were to the success of my date coaching business. And I wanted the same to be true for other women. And so I started that group with the bigger mission of allowing women to get everything that they needed to be able. And I knew that that was more than my business coaching. But the mission was also bigger. Yes, to grow thriving, profitable businesses so that they would support their life, a life that they loved, whatever that life looked like. So that's why I started that community. And again, that community was a game changer for my business. And community is still the foundation of everything that I do in my business. And that's why I'm so excited about this episode. I can attest to the power of community to nurture relationships and to grow your business. But before we dive into it all in this episode about creating a community and understanding how to use it to grow your business, I want to talk about what a community is and what a community isn't and why that's so important. So a mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is confusing the concept of community with audience. The definition of community, like the dictionary definition of community, is a group of people with a common goal or a common agenda who come together for the purpose of collaborating and sharing ideas and information and resources. Now, back in the day, which wasn't that long ago, the definition of community also included people who have like a shared situation in life, a shared background, 
And in the last episode, I touched on this briefly, but that's not necessarily true anymore in terms of authentic, genuine, strong communities. Meaning, yes, that can be a a definer of a community. Like we are all single or we all come from Pensacola, Florida, or we all whatever, like we all have a shared background or we all have a shared common situation in life. But that's no longer a predictor for strong connection and strong community. If you want to know what the predictors are for strong connection in general, including between your community members, hop back an episode and listen all about the art and science of connection. You will not be disappointed. And don't worry, we're going to talk about it all in multiple episodes to come in, in various ways. But I think that episode will really help you understand the connection piece of connecting the members in this community. But that idea of what a community is, it really is about a group of people who have a shared goal and shared values. And they are connecting through their values and they're connecting through that goal. And the reason that that's important is because we're talking about building a community around your business and for your business. And so your community members need to share those values and they need to share that goal with you individually as a business owner and your business. Meaning you have to communicate those values. You have to communicate those goals. You have to be very clear about what they are and they have to resonate on a very genuine and authentic level. And we did talk about that briefly in the last episode. And we're going to talk about it more today. But that's why this is so important, the definition of community. But then we have an audience. And like I said, a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is confusing the concept of community and audience. So an audience, the best way you can do it is through an illustration. Pretend that we're in a theater and I'm up on stage and you're sitting out in the audience. I can speak out to you and you are all sitting there listening. And perhaps you could talk to me. One of you could yell up to me, especially if I ask, or if you just decide to randomly yell something out at me. And you could kind of talk to people near you, but it's difficult because everyone's paying attention to me and you aren't really close to all the people. You're only close to the people who are right around you. So you have to kind of keep your voice down and whisper. So it's not easy to talk to the rest of the audience members. You have to keep your attention on me for the most part. In the online space now, I want you to think of that like a Facebook business page or even a LinkedIn page, something like that. Even my Instagram feed, I can post and you can see my posts and you comment on them. And sure, you could comment on other comments, right? But in terms of being able to chat easily with all of the other people who are following my feed, following my page, that becomes really difficult outside of that post. It's difficult to see who even likes the Facebook page, who are all my followers on Instagram, who am I connected to on LinkedIn. An audience is also like an email list. I can email you and you can email me back, but you don't have the information necessary to email the other people on my email list. That's what an audience is like. A community is more like if we're going to go old school and also new school and also spoiler alert, there are some really exciting announcements coming up at the end of this episode. I'm so excited. Okay, anyway, I'll get to that soon. But a community is like a Facebook group. So I can post and you can see my posts and you can comment on them, but you can also post your own posts and you can comment on posts of other people. You can start your own conversations. In fact, in a Facebook group that's running like a strong community, 
I could not post for days and the Facebook group would still thrive. So back to me on stage and that whole analogy, that's as if I walked up the stage and I pulled you all up on stage with me and now we're all all up on stage together and the group starts interacting. And when I back away, I kind of keep taking steps back and keep taking steps back and I disappear behind that pretty red curtain. But all of the interaction between everybody on stage is still going on. So when you're thinking about community building in your business, be sure to not confuse an audience for a community. We need to always go back to that definition. A group of people with a common goal and shared values who are coming together for the purpose of sharing ideas with one another, sharing information with one another, and sharing resources with each other. And when we add in creating a community for a business, it's those shared values and goals with the business that allows all of the members to connect around those same shared values and goals. And they're there to share all of those resources and information and ideas as they pertain to the goals, the bigger movement, the bigger mission, the bigger vision, and the values of the business, which they share. So that's like my Facebook group, which is the all-in entrepreneur. Although, here's a little teaser, guys. There's a new community coming. I mean, the all-in entrepreneur, don't worry, if you're a member of the all-in entrepreneur, that's staying. But I am so excited. I have been working, not only have I been working on this podcast, Relaunch, but behind the scenes, I've also been working on this new community and a really fun interactive event to kick it off. And it's coming. It's coming in May, guys. It's going to be, I'm just going to give it away right now and I'm going to say it at the end. Say it multiple times because I'm so excited. It's a new community. It's going to be housed on Facebook. It is called Back to Community. I'll tell you about it at the end. It's going to be run unlike the All in Entrepreneur, other Facebook groups. It really is time that we get back to community. I'm so here for it. I'm so excited for it. But anyway, community is like my Facebook group. And the best example I have of that right now is the all-in entrepreneur. So entrepreneurs, mainly solopreneurs, who are all working to build profitable businesses, and they've come together to collaborate and share information and ideas and resources and more to help everyone in that community achieve that goal. So now that we understand what a community is and what a community isn't, and I hope that you see the reason I I took time to start there. So many people, when I ask about community and I say, how are you building a community? They talk about their interactions with their followers. Like I have an Instagram page. I have an email list. I have a, and, and they're talking about things that aren't community. And they wonder why they're not resulting in all of the results that they hear community brings. And then their thought is, well, community doesn't really work. Community is not working for me. It's not working for my business. But it's not that community is not working. It's that it's not a community. And so I needed to start us all off on that shared definition. But why a community? I mean, why not just have an audience and call it a day? Which you can do. You don't have to build a community to have a successful business. But many of you want to achieve levels of success in a different way with a little more, I don't want to say ease, but let's say a little more ease or simplicity. You want to reach higher levels of revenue, just you might find yourself stuck or having a more difficult time with with an audience. But can you, can you still build a successful, sustainable business without building a community? Sure. 
But community elevates all of your success and it elevates your personal fulfillment. So, I mean, why community? Why not just build this audience? Well, reason number one is leading a community really does escalate, elevate. We'll say elevate because this podcast is back to community, elevate your success. So it really does elevate your authority, your credibility, and your profit because it's deepening what we talked about in the last episode, that trust factor, the no-like trust factor, but really trust. And and again, if you haven't gone back to the last episode, because we talk about how trust is at an all-time low, trust in institutions across the board, why this is hurting business. We're going to, in future episodes, really talk about strengthening trust in very specific areas. But overall, trust in business is low. Trust in business owners is low. Trust in solo entrepreneurs who build their business mainly digitally is at an all-time low. And so it's really important that we are increasing that trust factor. So that's the first reason. Now, reason number two to build a community and not just leave it as an audience is people who are part of a community, like I said at the beginning of this, are more likely to spend money on services and products from that business. In fact, there's something called social dollars. That's the effect that happens when members of a community purchase from the business because they see other members of the community. It's kind of like a play on social proof. It's the next level of social proof. You see social proof, so you trust certain things because certain people that you trust are doing things, saying things, going places, spending money, and therefore you want to. And so you're 19% more likely to spend money if you're part of a community around a business. And that means if you have a community built around your business, your members will also be 19% more likely. And then also, like I said, you you can grow your business, I want to say with less effort or simplicity or ease. I don't want to be deceptive around that because it's a trade-off in that you're going to have to run a community now. But I think some of the frustrations around growing our business, you can grow your business with less effort when you've built a really strong community But it has to be provided that you build a true community because what that does is it creates loyalty and it turns members of the community into clients. And even if not clients, even without being a client, they can be brand advocates. So the big thing of all of this to remember, none of the things that I just listed will happen, the increase in authority or credibility or profit, if you come at creating community for the wrong reason. So what's the wrong reason? The desire for increased authority, credibility, and profit. So the very thing that you will receive from creating a strong community is the very reason you shouldn't want to create a community. Because increased authority, credibility, and revenue, that's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of building a community, but it cannot be the reason for building a community. So as we move through this episode, The question that I want you to think about in your head is not, what will building a community do for me? That's a question I want you to throw away right now. Well, why should I build a community? What's in it for me? What will it do for me? And instead, I want you to ask, what will a community that I build do for the members? What is the potential? What is the ripple effect? What is the impact that will happen for the members of the community that I build? And the way that you do that is by making sure that your community, wherever that ends up being, encompasses what I call the three C's. Cause, 
So C number one is cause. Remember the common goal, like the common cause? The cause is not your business. So in my example, the community, the all-in entrepreneur, the common cause isn't to hire Rita. And the common cause isn't even to have a solid, strong business strategy or even to make a lot of money in our business, right? All things I help people do, get clients, make money, have more time. But the bigger cause could be to experience financial independence or have more freedom or autonomy in a day or a combination of those things or have our life fully supported by a business, right? Whether that's through the hours or the revenue or whatever, it's the steps that come beyond the thing that you do. So the first C is that cause, that common cause. And then you need content and content comes in a variety of forms, all things we're going to be talking about over the next however many episodes, but you need that common content. And that content engages members to talk to each other and to you, but really it connects and engages the members to one another. So it's not just your educational marketing and it's geared, the sole purpose of the content is to connect the the community, to connect the members to one another. And then the third C is communication because it's participatory and the community should be able to support itself based on the strength of the participation. And so often when I hop into an online community or, you know, an entrepreneur will say, Rita, can you check out my community? What I find is they are controlling, like they have high control over what can happen in that Facebook group. You can't talk about that. And I'm not just saying rules that like help. We're going to talk about that. I'm not, I'm not saying rules that really help streamline and keep the group focused and, and all of that. But I'm saying they have it locked down where members can't post anything, where it's just them posting and people can comment, but other people can't post. That's not a group. Or there's so, there are so many levels that someone has to get through to get a post approved. That's not really a group or community. So we're going to talk about all of that later on. But I want you to see that, that it has to be participatory to a level that the community can support itself based off of the participation on the other members. Okay. So now that you're aware of, you know, the difference between a community and an audience, and you know what the three most important elements are, those three C's, common cause, the content that connects, and communication and participation for creating a community. Well, now we have to talk about, well, where, where do I create community? Now I've run community in a variety of places. I've run community on meetup groups. I've run community through a website. I've run community in Facebook. I've run community on different community building platforms. I've run community just in a variety of places. And it doesn't need to live in just one place. But when you do have one place, it makes the community more cohesive and ensures that that community grows, that that community engages with each other, and it strengthens in the way that you envision. So in the future, you could add another location. So maybe this is like chapters. Maybe you start, I don't know, I'll say D.C. That's the first city. Can you believe that? That's the first city that still comes to my mind, even though I live in Savannah. Maybe you start a D.C. chapter, and then you're like, well, I also want to be in Jacksonville, and I want to be in New York, and I want to be in San Diego, and you try to start all the chapters at once. Instead, get one chapter working like a well-oiled machine, and you can always add it the next chapter. 
Or it could look like this. Maybe you start a meetup group and then you're like, oh, I'd love to have a Facebook community so that we get members beyond just this one geographic region. Cool, go really big on the meetup group. And once that's working like a well-oiled machine, then add the Facebook group to it. But what you don't want to do at the beginning is split where the attention is of the members that you have. So it doesn't have to ultimately live in one place, but when you do have that one place, it makes everything more cohesive and stronger. So really, when you think about it, like pulling the lens back and looking at it from a broader perspective, there are only two places where your community will live, either online or offline. So you really need to determine what the best option is for you. Now, again, in the future, we're going to dive into where you house communities and how you do all of that. But now I just want you to think online, offline, pros, cons, to help you determine which option is right for you. But whichever you select, you're going to need a platform. Even if you have an offline in-person community, you're going to need a platform, a way to collect the data of the members, the information of the members, communicate with the members, and remember that most important point, allow the members to communicate with each other. So maybe you're like, well, I'm, I'm running a meetup group. They can communicate with each other at the meetup. They need to be able to continuously communicate with each other even between the meetups, okay? So no matter what, online or offline, you're still going to need a platform to help run that. So two of the most popular options are Facebook groups for an online community. It doesn't matter how many softwares have come out, and there have been some good ones, how many community building and community management and all the things have come out, how many apps, just all of them. Facebook is still the most efficient and the best place to run a community in the way that most businesses need to run it for the results that they want to achieve with it. And then in person, Meetup is still one of the best for an offline community. Now, I'm not saying these are the only, and I'm not saying these are the right ones for you, but if you're just like Rita, shortcut me. There you go. Facebook group if you're online, Meetup group if you're all offline. You can also use a discussion forum, software, system, something built on your own website. I mean, there really are so many community management software systems. Just Google it, community management system. Put that in quotes, so quotes, community management system. You may already know where you want it to be or that you want it to be a Facebook group or a meetup group. Great. And you may have no idea as you're listening to this episode if you even want a community. But if you know you want a community, you may not know yet where you want to house that community. And that's okay too. The act of deciding if you want the community to be a community that assembles and interacts online or one that assembles and interacts offline is going to be sufficient for now. Maybe you already have a community and now's a good time to evaluate. Where is it housed? Is it working? Do you need more robust features? Do you need, do you need to use certain features more than you are now? Does it have to shift from online to offline or vice versa? Those are just some questions to work through to help you refine your community. But now we know what a community is. We know what an audience is. We know the elements. Remember, three Cs. It's like a class today. It's like the three Cs, right? And you know, okay, online or offline. But now you have to actually create the community. This is like a little mini masterclass on community creation, guys. So you have to get to creating it. But what do you need in order to be able to create a community? But for now, I want you to build it on paper before you go build it anywhere in person. We're going to work through it like 
as you listen to this episode, jot down some ideas, jot down some notes. We're going to talk all about all the ways that you might be able to create this community. There are going to be so many future episodes, like so much going on. So for now, just jot it down. Don't go like full-fledged into really creating it. I want you to get all your thoughts out on paper first. So here are the things that I want you to consider when it comes to actually creating the community. We know what it is. We know where it's going to be. Now we have to create it. So I want you to think about your vision for the community. When you look into the future, what is the ripple effect? What is the impact that this community is having beyond, and I'll say the four walls, of that community? Because this community, beyond your business. So because this community has come together, what is the result beyond the community, beyond your business? And I do want you to think about the impact for your business as well. But for now, it really is the vision of the vision of the community in a couple of ways. So see, there's so much, guys. Okay, so we'll say yes. I want you, when you're thinking about vision, the ripple effect, the impact that the community is having in the world, that impact that the community is having on your business, and the impact that the community is having on itself. Like what's happening in the community? Those are three things to think about. And then that will help you identify what is that common cause? What is the bigger movement that's connecting the members of this community. Like I can say for my new community that I'm building, the back to community community, which I'm so excited about, I could say that the bigger movement is to create a connection revolution, to change the way that we interact with people on a fundamental forever level, to change the way that businesses connect and communicate forever and ever and ever. I haven't really defined fully in the right language, but you see what I'm saying. I'm using it as an example. And as, as we're going through this, like you can kind of see how I've created the back to community community. I mean, the vision that I have for my community is that it's going to be run differently than Facebook groups have kind of played out. So this is going to be a community really built on true connection. There are going to be interactive experiences. It's going to be more discussion-based. Yes, we're going to be educating and informing and learning about each other and our businesses and all of that. But the purpose is thought leadership, thoughtful discussions, learning about other industries, really like masterminding around challenges and sharing resources and true collaboration. And the way that I'm going to run that group is going to really foster that. That's my vision. But my vision then is that we change the way that we are coming at connections, right? Forever that we're looking at connection, that we are eliminating isolation, loneliness, surface level connections, all of that. So the vision for the community, the vision is we are all connecting at that real, genuine, authentic level. The vision for the impact that the community is going to have on my business, right, is a lot, a lot more work. Clients, uh, that I'm strategizing or building communities for. I mean, obviously that's, you know, we're still running a business. The community will impact my business. It's not the reason though that I'm building the community. It'll be that byproduct. And then the vision for the community in terms of the community at large. We're literally fundamentally changing the way that communities run and operate beyond Facebook. That's kind of the vision that I have. And that common cause is the connection revolution changing the way that we interact with people to create true, genuine, authentic connection without shame and without judgment. 
showing that we can all be our full, authentic individual selves while still collectively working towards the same goal or the same cause. And then the third thing to be thinking about are what types of engagement, what kinds of experiences do you want the members of this community to have? And so as we're talking about back to community as an example, I shared some of those discussions that can be around podcasts or snippets of podcasts or books or articles, sharing some of our challenges, our worries, educating and informing, but through conversation, facilitating roundtable discussions. Like it's really about connecting on a fundamental level and then allowing that connection to turn into collaboration in a really big way and creativity in a really big way. And so all of those things were the types of engagements and experiences that I want members to have. And then you have to think about how are you going to describe the community to others? Now, I'm not sharing that here because I'm waiting until that's unveiled in the big announcement, like when when it's live, right? When the community is live, you're going to see a lot of this. But you do have to think, how would I describe it to other people? And how am I going to run this community in a way that fits into my schedule and my day and my life? What is my commitment? What is my time commitment? And we have to identify that because we have to be ready for trade-offs. If I only have a small amount of time to put into running a community, I might need more help or I might need to be okay with slower growth and slower results happening for everybody who's involved in the community. But it is something you have to answer so that we can put it into your business model because, again, This is a community that's being built around your business. So how does it fit into your schedule day in life? What are some boundaries and rules for the community? What will allow the members to feel safe, emotionally safe within your community? What's going to encourage that engagement? How can the members have a sense of ownership? Like I'm going down the questions, guys, that I'm answering for my own back to community. Again, we're going to dive into all of these in different ways. I keep saying that. We're going to, I want you to know because I can't go into every single thing in detail here or you're going to be listening to me for four hours. And I don't know that my voice has four hours in it to talk to you, right? But I want you to know, don't worry. You're like, hey, Rita, but I don't know. How will I? What are boundaries? What are rules? I'm like trying to do this as we go. There will be future conversations around all of these things. But for now, just jot some ideas down. And how will, when I say how will members have a sense of ownership, they have to help kind of lead the community, have a say in the community help create and craft and run the community. So think about that too. And then what are goals that you have in terms of growth and participation so that you can measure the success of creating the community? And when you think about all of this, what support do you need? Do you need someone to help you run it? Do you need moderators? Do you need admins? Do you need a VA? Do you need artificial intelligence? Do you need a coach? Do you need a copywriter? Do you need someone who creates graphics, right? Jotting down all of that support will help you step into actually creating the community faster, quicker, and easier. So now that you know what you need to create a community, you're going to want to grow it. Now, I'm really just trying to get you to create the community. I'm going to give you a few bullet points around what comes after you've created the community. We are, again, future episodes, guys, future episodes, guys. We are going to go into all of that. I don't want you to be like, but Rita, I've got it. And now how do I make it more? Because really, I don't want you to worry so much about more. But you do have to start growing it. You have to get your first members in. You have to invite people in. And it's easy to think that growing a community is just as easy as just inviting people in. Hey, guys, I started back to community. Just come on into the Facebook group. And inviting people in will definitely play a role. But really, overall, it's going to be retention that matters the most. So if I have three members, 
I have to get really good at retaining those members before I worry about going to six or before. Now, yes, at the beginning, especially the more energy, the more members you have, that is a piece of the puzzle in retaining. But I say this because so many people who go into creating a community look into growing, growing, growing. I have 10 members and then it gets exciting and you want 20 and then you get 20 and you want 40 and you get 40 and you want 80 and you get 80 and you want, you see what I'm saying? And then we switch our attention away from the members that we have. One thing you will hear from me all the time is it's always about going deeper with what we already have instead of going wide. So as we talk about growing the community, anytime we talk about growing the community, I really want you to think about it from retention is more important than growing. Retention is more important. But before you send out your very first invitation or the next invitation, you need to set some goals. It's important to have goals as a business owner in all areas, but your community especially. So think about how many members in a year would you like to have in your community? What does that mean for each quarter? What does that mean for each month? What does that mean for each week? What does that mean for each day? The smaller you bring it down, the easier it's going to be to reach those goals. But the goals aren't much use if you don't also identify the actions that are going to help you achieve them. So when you say, okay, seven new members in a week or whatever it is, great, that's wonderful. How are you going to get those seven members? You need to jot all of that down too. So invitations are obviously going to help you grow your community, but your invitations really do need to be worded in a way as why is it a benefit for them to be in the community? What are they going to get out of it? All the benefits, ancillary, direct, all of it. What's in it for them? And then promotion, obviously advertisements, traditional advertisements, but they still need to really easily and clearly showcase what's in it for the people who are reading that. SEO, having it on your website, you know, talking about your group and your community, flyers places, uh, when you're out networking, telling people about it. You can also online in the online space, you could run online challenges and market those to bring people into your community. Guys, the back to community, community, the back to community, community that I'm creating and I'm going to tell you about later and you're going to learn all about our kickoff event is a five day interactive connection event. And it's carefully calculated to really help all of you get back to community. You can shortcut to the show notes if you want to find out about the group and all of the information there. Feel free. Definitely do that. But something like that, a challenge or an interactive event, it's something that your ideal members want because it's going to give them tangible results, immediate tangible results in their business and life. And to participate, they have to join the community. It's also a great way to boost engagement if you have a community that you're already running. I mean, giveaways are a great way to grow your community. Who doesn't like to win things? Right? But think about what would your community members want? What would excite them so much? This is the thing I see when people are doing giveaways in general. Ask yourself this question. What would excite them so much that they would be willing to join my community just for the chance to win? That thing, whatever that is, that's what you want to give away. It has to be compelling enough that they would be willing to go through whatever steps they need to go through to join your community solely for the chance to win that thing. Obviously, free training, free education, free events that are taking place in your community will help grow your community promotion in other communities. I mean, members who are members of a community are more likely to be members of another community, just like podcast listeners of a podcast are more likely to be listeners of different podcasts. 
Use the marketing tools you already have. Definitely talk about it everywhere. Call to action from every place that you're at. Cross promotion with other people. I mean, there are all kinds of things, all kinds of things that you can do. Spotlighting members, theme days. I I could go on and on and on and on, and you probably want me to, but I think I've given you enough for now. Enough for now that you can think, okay, what are all of the ideas that I have around creating a community? And then how am I really growing and engaging this community? I want to stop that. I want to stop the focus on growth. And a lot of what I told you for growth can also help with engagement. But engagement isn't just having an engaged community isn't enough when the purpose is to build deep, connected, true, genuine, insert all the words here, authentic relationships that we talked about in episode two for your business. You really need to keep that client slash customer journey in mind. And what I mean by that are that your clients move through different phases. First, they become aware of your business. Then they go through the consideration phase where they're evaluating you and they're seeing, do you solve problems? And do I like you and trust you? And again, another episode for another day. And then they purchase from you. And then after that, they will get the delivery of the thing they purchased and then they will hopefully become brand advocates. We're looking at that consideration phase here, right? The entire reason that you're building a community or that you would build a community is because a community will be a way to nurture relationships, providing within the community what's necessary for members to know, like, and trust you so that it results in whatever the intent was. Because it's not always about being a client, right? Sometimes they're going to send you referrals. Sometimes you'll get a speaking engagement. Sometimes you will get so that advocacy goes beyond just this member will become my client. In fact, most members of your community probably will never become your client. And that's okay because the purpose of the community, remember, is not to get clients. It's for a bigger movement and a bigger impact, allowing the power that happens when the connections happen between the members of your community and a byproduct will be that you get clients. But for this podcast, we're focusing on using your community as a platform to position you as an expert in your industry. But that happens when you lead people in a way that does all of the things that we've talked about. To see you as an expert, they need to know certain things, though. So what you're doing in your community, the events you're creating, the content you're creating, is it positioning you as an expert? But here's what being an expert really means. Here's what they have to see to be able to say, yep, check, you're an expert, right? They have to know that you understand them. their specific pain points and their challenges through their eyes. So we talked about this in, in the last episode as well around connection, is that true connection, authentic, genuine connection requires empathy. And empathy means you're looking at everything that you create and do and share through their eyes. How is it impacting them? How is it landing for them? You have to look at it as if you were them. So that means you have to also know what their pain points are and what their challenges are from their point of view. They have to believe that you can help them They have to see you've helped other people achieve the things that they want to achieve. They have to know that you're an expert in your industry, and they have to view you as likable, authentic, genuine. So again, when you're thinking about what am I doing in this community to create those kinds of relationships, I want you to go back to episode two and infuse that into your community. Now, there are specific ways that you can do all of those things that I said. That's not what this episode is about. That's what future 
episodes are going to be about. But brainstorming your ideas for how you can check those boxes does become very important. You know, I know, we all know that you're still focused, even though hopefully you've committed. I mean, the only way your community is really going to thrive is if you commit to this idea that it's not about building my business. It's about something bigger. And the byproduct of that will be to build my business. But let's be honest, you're running this as part of your business strategy. And so you do want to get clients from your community. So you have to focus on the most important aspect of running a community. So I know what you're focused on that, what I said at the beginning, that members of a community are more likely to buy your products and services and be a higher lifetime value for your business. The entire purpose of this was to set the stage for why building a community matters and how to build a loyal community, a true community. In fact, I've probably overwhelmed you already. This is like a little mini masterclass on community creation. But really, the purpose of this was to show the importance of community creation, how creating a community really does help elevate your business and what a true community really is and how to start thinking about community and the questions to be thinking through and answering before you make the decision. Because once you make the decision to do it, you really want to see that through. And as you can see, it's just there are trade-offs in your business. Now you're going to have to make certain decisions to help run that community. But again, I'm like digressing into all of the things that I want to talk about in the future. What I hope you can see is the power of the community. Yes, it sounds a little overwhelming right now, but don't worry, that's what I'm here for. If community is something you want to create in your business, we're going to be talking about each little individual piece of this over the course of time. You can also call me. You can book a call with me. I will help you. Go to the show notes. You'll see how you can get in touch with me. I can help you work through a lot of this and make some of these decisions really quickly. I really am on a bigger mission to create more communities because I believe that that's how the world will thrive, is when we build true, authentic, strong communities that are based on genuine connections and deep relationships. And I'm really excited for it. And I really just wanted to set the stage for what is a community? What is a community not? But really, like, what is a community? And what are the considerations that you need to kind of work through in your mind to be able to create a genuine, authentic community? And I wanted you to see what the results are. I mean, yes, the results for your business are huge. Let's not downplay that, okay? Even though I'm saying that's a byproduct, let's not downplay that. The results for your business and for you as a business owner are huge, like more than we can talk about here. But the impact that all of that will have from the community and from your business being so successfully elevated by community is also going to be huge. And that's just going to result in even more for everyone. And the ripple effects just keep going and going. So community is exciting. Community is powerful. And community is a strategy, guys. It's never going away. And like I said before, it's not really a strategy. Community and connection can't be a strategy in your business. They have to be a philosophy. It has to be a core value of yours. But I promise you, if you embrace the core values of connection, if you embrace the core values of community, you will find a lot more simplicity and a feeling of ease when it comes to growing your business because you're not going to be beholden to a lot of the things that other business owners are beholden to and stressing out about and having to pay attention to when they're looking to things like social media algorithms and forever changing ad landscapes and 
a whole bunch of different things that we talked about in a couple episodes so far that are creating more chaos, that are creating more stress than necessary. One thing that will never go away is connection. One thing that will never go away is community. And if you can create connection and community as the nucleus, as the foundation of your business, I promise there will be more ease, more results, more reward. And that's what we're going to be talking about in future episodes of Back to Community. I am so excited to have officially launched this podcast. So for those of you who don't know, I recently rebranded this podcast from the Rita Mimi Do It show to Back to Community, where we elevate business success. And to celebrate the launch, April 27th is the first official day of the Back to Community podcast. And I released three episodes at one time because I really wanted to set the stage for the types of information that you're going to hear here. But the upcoming episodes are all going to be different. It's not always just going to be me. We are going to have experts of different softwares and other businesses and leaders and experts and talking about communication and talking about community building and talking about true connection and talking about relationship sales and relationship marketing. And there's so much here. And I can't wait to swim around and dive around in it all with you because I know it's going to help create more opportunities for your business create more clients for your business, create more revenue, create more connection, create more belonging for you and your business in the world as a whole. And I'm so excited for it. So stay tuned. Upcoming episodes, all different formats, so much fun. But I'm so glad that you celebrated with me here these episodes, my first episodes of the Back to Community podcast. And I hope you're going to join me in my new community on Facebook, the Back to Community Facebook group where we are truly returning to authentic connection and community to elevate business success. You can head to the link in the show notes. You can find out all about it. I'm so excited for it. And I'm definitely going to be talking to you about it in the future. And I will see you next week on another episode of Back to Community. I hope you feel inspired and ready to take action on building powerful connections and communities. Now it's time to spread the love and share this connection revolution with others. If you enjoyed today's episode, snap a screenshot, share it, or post about it on social media and tag me, Rita Goodrow. I would absolutely love to see it. In fact, as a way of saying thank you, every month I select one person to win my community building resource bundle. This bundle is packed with tips, resources, and exercises to help you build and grow community. Let's get more people in on this adventure to elevate their business success through community and connection. And remember, we are all in this together. So let's continue the conversation in the Back to Community Facebook group. You'll find the link in the show notes. Until next time, keep connecting, keep growing, and let's get back to community.